Welcome home. I'm Dr. Tama, a minister, licensed psychologist, and sacred artist. And this is Homecoming, a podcast to facilitate your journey home to yourself. While I will provide weekly inspiration and mental health tips, this podcast is not the same as personalized therapy. I'm so excited you're on the journey. If you want to request specific topics or to submit a poem for me to read on the podcast, email me at homecomingpodcasts at gmail.com. Also, to build our community, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. Let's begin. Welcome home, co-journers. I'm glad you're here for another episode, and I'm excited we have a poem for this week. The poem comes from Lauren Rudd, and it reads, She and I. I was 19 when she went away. By the time I realized something was wrong, it was far too late. It was a gradual boil, the slowest burn, a candle wick dwindling down down, down, until I was enveloped alone in a pitch darkness I did not recognize as my own skin. The flowers once abundant in my heart garden were replaced with weeds and thorns. She was gone. I realized and I was left in the insufferable place of being her. Something like her face was reflected back to me in the mirror, and there was the same unruly red hair on her, or was it my head, in the photos that covered the walls. I'm not really in charge here. I wanted to tell, scream at everyone, come back, I pleaded to her. There was no answer. I searched everywhere for her, lurching from one crisis to the next as I looked for anything to fill her void. How could a self split in two like that? I feared the chasm between my halves was too big, permanent, gaping, to ever fully unite again. Fear and loneliness consumed me. I could feel the strands of thread holding me to the ground, slowly breaking one by one. And eventually, I figured, I would just float away. What if she never comes back? The words caught like a boulder in my throat. I feared if I spoke them aloud, crunched them out, my tongue would be sliced by the shards of rock. I refused to accept it as truth. So for now, I work on this me. I leave a candle lit, her place on the couch warm, the soup bowl full, the door slightly ajar, in case she ever slips back home. I hope she knows she's always welcome and so dearly missed. Oh my goodness, Lauren. (laughs) Lauren, you wrote that poem. Do you hear me? I absolutely love it. I love how you capture the ways in which we can disconnect and lose parts of ourselves, which feel like the truth of who we are. And that journey, that process of trying to reconnect 
uh, trying to find ourselves again, and that discovery of the disconnection. This poem is absolutely beautiful, and uh, you have placed a big smile on my face, Lauren, and so thank you, and I see in your message that you are sending love from Texas, and so we are glad that you are on this journey. Well, co-journers, we are making our way home, trying to create spaces for the parts of ourselves that got disconnected or that we left behind, that uh, life created a shattering, and now we are seeking wholeness. And our topic on today is resolving conflict, resolving conflict. And this is so important because when we are disconnected from ourselves and when we have experienced a lot of stress or a lot of trauma, uh, not only is our relationship with ourself uh, often impaired, but our relationship with others can be very difficult. And so a part of our healing and our homecoming is how to handle our disagreements, how to handle tension or conflict, uh, to try not to panic, uh, to try not to freeze, uh, to try to be present for it, to be able to process it, uh, because a part of our aims with wellness is to be able to have healthy relationships. And healthy relationships, whether with family, with friends, with romantic partners, or in the work or school environment, in your faith-based community or general community, require the capacity to be able to communicate, to connect, and to even heal ruptures. Because there will be moments uh, that do not rise to the level of abuse where it is simply a disconnect or a disagreement or a disappointment. And we want to be able to address those in healthy ways. And so I invite you to reflect in this moment about your journey and progress as it relates to resolving conflict. What has been your historical approach? And as you have been on this healing journey, have you noticed any differences in how you address conflict in your relationships or on your job? Because when we do not handle it well at work, it can result in a demotion and isolation and being passed over in leaving when there was an opportunity for us to rebuild or to restore. And in our personal relationships, when we're not able to resolve conflict, it can create a lot of distress, a lot of anxiety, and it can cause us to act in some unhealthy ways uh, toward the other person or toward ourselves. And it can also really sabotage relationships that you may have actually wanted to maintain. And so this uh, skill, being able to resolve conflict, is going to be important for the various aspects of your life. And so as we think about uh, our own journey, 
I invite you to consider what are the various life experiences that affected the way you handle conflict. So growing up, how did you see your family uh, resolve conflict? What were the messages that you were told in school by teachers or administrators? Uh, What is your history in friendship? What does that look like when friendships ended? Uh, Why and how did they end? When you have had disagreements with a dating partner or a spouse, when there has been disappointment or disconnection, what has been your tendency? What did you observe in terms of how other people respond to you and in terms of your own responses? And so we want to know ourselves. That's a part of homecoming when I can be tuned into my own uh, stuff, my own issues, my own baggage, my own patterns and tendency at tendencies. And so as I'm honest with myself, then I can start to recognize there are some ways in which I uh, feel good about the ways I have addressed conflict. And there are some moments, some seasons, some relationships or some jobs where I know I did not handle that well, or I did not handle it in a way that really honored me or honored the other person or the process. And so um, we say that not to beat up on ourselves, but as a point of growth, when I acknowledge a potential growth area, it opens me up to be able uh, to work on it. And that is uh, one of the things that Lauren said in her poem is that she will continue to work on me. And uh, each of us are continuing that journey. So the first piece with conflict resolution, I would say, is really understanding yourself and your own emotions. That when something was said or done that was uh, upsetting, uh, that you found offensive or disrespectful, or uh, you just basically didn't like it, right? To really reflect on what is it about this dynamic or this person or these uh, power roles that is particularly bothersome to me? And how do I actually feel? Do I give myself permission to acknowledge a range of feelings? So some of us, uh, we have kind of one note, which is neutral or angry. And so if my only kind of emotion I can tap into is my anger, then I may want to broaden and deepen that of like, what else do I feel? And some of us go to the one note of hurt. And so, you know, even if someone just has a difference of opinion, then we can take that as a personal slight or as an attack, or it must mean that they're saying I'm stupid, right? So then uh, when we interpret every experience of disagreement as they must not like me, uh, that can leave us in a very uh, hurt place a good portion of the time. And so people's interactions with you may be very fragile. And then for some of you who are listening, when there is tension or disruption, your nervous system may immediately go to shut down. 
And so as soon as the slight occurs, you're numb. Yeah. And it's the, I don't care. I don't, people say, are you upset? No, I don't care. I don't care. And the, I don't care is the armor and it doesn't create room for us to communicate, to talk, to heal it, to address it, because we have even convinced ourselves we don't care about the things that we actually deep down care about. Uh, and then there are those of us when you feel that panic of, of conflict, of tension, um, there is the avoidance. And so, you know, you're quick to shut it down, quick to exit, quick to be done, and there is no room for dialogue. And so getting a sense of what is it I am really feeling and what in this moment is creating that feeling and being tuned into my triggers, meaning is is this moment representing something larger to me than what is happening uh, in the present? And it's important for us to be aware of that within ourselves because that can help to understand the intensity of what we're feeling. And that can also help the other person to understand the intensity of what I'm feeling. So for example, if you have um, a history of people not listening to you, talking over you, and perhaps in your prior relationship, the person did that and it was very toxic and emotionally abusive. And so now you're having a conversation with a new person and they get excited and they're talking at the same time you're talking, which is not a good thing to do. However, if your response goes to a level 10, it's often the uh, cumulative effect that I'm not just responding to this moment of you speaking at the same time as me, but for every other moment that someone spoke at the same time as me and I froze or I didn't defend myself, I didn't speak up for myself. So now I'm kind of in warrior mode of like, never again, right? So we want to be aware, is it present? Uh, is it past? Is the, the present uh, reminding me of bringing up for me the past? And so uh, I can have more understanding within myself of why is this so charged, right? Why is there such intensity here? So that self-understanding can help as we are engaging in conflict resolution. And then it can also be helpful uh, to learn ways to regulate my own emotions or to comfort and soothe myself, right? And the reason this skill is important, one, there will be times in our lives where we will be there in that moment by ourselves, right? And so I do want to have the capacity to comfort myself, to love myself, to give myself permission to breathe, perhaps permission to grieve, uh, permission to feel, and uh, in relationship, the reason why this skill is so important is if both people are upset, then it will be really difficult if you are depending on the upset person to comfort you, to calm you, to soothe you, right? Because they're in their own upset, right? And so, of course, eventually in relationship, in friendship, in partnership, we want to be able to give that to each other. But when the tension is happening with each other, 
there also needs to be the capacity to regulate, uh, to calm, to bring clarity within yourself, right? As they hopefully are doing that as well. So you're both kind of checking yourself, regulating yourself, calming yourself so that these moments of conflict or tension do not have to always be explosive, right? That it does not have to always go into warrior mode when I can uh, soothe myself. And then when I have been able to kind of reflect, I have this moment of self-awareness and the time you need for that may vary. You know, some people in the moment, like it'll come out of your mouth and you'll know like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. That wasn't really about you. That wasn't really for you. You know, I'm upset about something that happened earlier or in that moment, you reminded me of this person. So for some people at some points, there'll be kind of an instant recognition and you can kind of bring yourself down. And some people, it is uh, more that they need more sacred pause. So they may say, can we put a pause on this conversation? It's important and I want to have it, um, but I'm not clear. So I just want to go for a walk. And if that works for you, when I come back, I would love for us to talk about like what is happening in this moment, right? And so honoring your process, and that also means honoring the other person's process, right? So some of us are like, you want to talk it all out, like till all hours of the night until it's all figured out. And some people uh, are in a are kind of have the rhythm of I need to sleep on it, I need to journal, <laughs> I need to walk, I need to reflect. So then there will need to be uh, some compromise so that we can uh, actually show up for the communication. And then uh, as I am uh, sharing the communication, you want to, or I invite you to really frame it as a concern instead of an attack or a critique that this is concerning to me, right? And it is how it makes me feel or uh, what I believe it is um, communicating about uh, this friendship or this relationship or my place at this job, right? And so when I come in with a concern, and not just an attack or a critique, then when I'm sharing, I won't use kind of overgeneralizations. I won't go into name calling. So my concern is about a particular thing, like something that is said or done, or if it's a pattern, I can talk about the times that it has come up before. But as soon as I shift into um, saying this is who you are, like this kind of name calling, uh, you can imagine that is going to just trigger people's defensiveness. And then often the concern is not even heard, right? And so for it to be an invitation for dialogue, for us to talk about and reflect on how is this dynamic going to be improved how, uh, what are the things we can do to communicate better or what are the possibilities for this relationship to uh, be experienced as respectful by both people. And so uh, to consider your concern and sharing your concern, not as an attack. 
The next piece is if I ultimately am uh, prioritizing and valuing the relationship, I want us to come up with a solution, not just to prove that I'm right, right? So if I am just debating uh, with a stranger and like you say your points, I say my points and I'm the winner, well, okay, like that, that is one way to go where you don't have to have any concern for the other person because I'm just here to win, right? But when I have decided that I actually want to keep working here, or I have decided uh, this friendship means a lot to me and I want to keep this friendship or this romantic relationship is a priority to me. So I want the relationship to win. I want us to win. Then I am not careless in my uh, languaging. I'm not careless in my tone that underneath the undercurrent of what I am sharing is care and respect, right? And not respect in the sense of you're not uh, allowed, quote unquote, to voice a difference of opinion. Because then we, you know, if everyone cannot speak truth in the space, then we don't really have an honest uh, relationship, right? So it doesn't mean that I have to be perpetually silent or censored, but it does mean I am not here to fight you, right? I am here uh, for us to create the way forward so that things can be better, right? So when I have that in my stance and I actually do value this school or this job or this family relationship or this partnership, uh, then I will let that guide me. And in resolving conflict, it's important to create the kind of relationship and environment uh, where you are approachable. If you uh, do particular behaviors that are silencing, what you are letting the other person know is, I do not want to hear anything that you have to say, that I don't care how you feel, that there is no room for anything about you that is different from how I feel or think or what I need. And that is not really foundation for a healthy relationship. And so you want to be tuned into how do you respond when people share something they don't like? How do you respond when people have a concern about something you have done? How do you respond when someone shares that you have offended them or hurt them or they felt something was disrespectful? Are you able to hear it? Are you someone who can never apologize? Do you always go uh, into attack mode? And so if you if they're raising something in the present, then you immediately have to bring up 10 things from the past that they did because you don't want to sit with what is the current concern, right? So you want to think about in this relationship or on this job or in this family, am I approachable? Am I accessible? Do people feel like they can talk to me? Because if not, uh, what that creates is a disconnect. And so one of the ways we can shut people down 
is with our rage. And so if people share an issue with you and you go into a rage, that is um, a form of manipulation and it is intentionally meant to silence them and give them the message to never say anything to you that is a disagreement. If you, as opposed to saying, I need to go for a walk or I need to journal or let me sleep on it, if your automatic is always to give people the silent treatment, if they say something you don't like, that can also be a, a method of kind of shutting down communication. Well, it's directly shutting down communication. And so reflect in this moment for yourself of when people have an issue to raise with you, what are ways you can create space for people to know that you have the emotional capacity and the willingness to hear things, even if it may be concerns, complaints about something you have done or said. Which also gets us to owning our part, that when there is a, a conflict and I, I don't mean in the sense of when it's an abusive relationship, right? So if you're in an abusive relationship, we don't do mediation. We don't do couples therapy. It's not like, well, oh, you did this and you did that and those parts are equal. So minus situations of abuse, when it's just people having a disagreement for us to have the ability to reflect on in what ways have I either created this tension or perhaps uh, intensified it in my response, in my reaction, or out of the hurtful things that I said. Um, when we are looking to heal ruptures, it is important that we take note of if there is a part uh, that we have played in it, even if our part has been our silence. And so if people have no idea that you don't like something and, you know, there's no way they could have really guessed it, although you wish they would have guessed it, then that has contributed to this pattern continuing, right? Because I never said that I don't like it or I would prefer for it to be this way. And so then for uh, you all to really uh, brainstorm together about where can we go from here? If uh, an apology is meant and appropriate, um, then an apology is shared and it is specific, not just sorry if you're hurt or sorry if I bothered you. It would be a specifically what I am apologizing for and my awareness of the impact of my words or behavior on you and then my commitment to not uh, doing that behavior or uh, making those statements in the future. And the last thing I will say about conflict resolution is it's important to follow up and to check in with people later. Sometimes in the moment, people can feel like, okay, well, we talked it through, but as you all are moving forward to, to check in, not do the avoidance or just hoping that it's over and done with, but checking in and saying, you know, I know we had that difficult conversation and I feel like we came to a solution, but I just wanted to check back in and see how has it been feeling for you about that particular issue, right? So this process is a growth process and it can be challenging. And of course, we are all individuals with our own history and 
uh, difficulties. And so it does not need to be a perfect process, but we can honor each other for showing up. And it means a lot that we are saying, I value this relationship. I value this family. I value this job or I, I value this classroom to the point where I want to make it better. I want to be a part of the solution. So I am glad that you are on the journey. And I hope that as you are healing yourself, that you are also healing your relationships. I invite your soul to tell your heart, mind, body, and spirit, welcome home. Welcome home.